Today's scripture reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the 4th to the 13th verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand for the reading. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but when there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. All this, let every heart say, Amen. Amen. Um, we are continuing our, our study. Uh, it's a systematic study. It's a, it's a measured study. It's a, a intentional study. Um, for those of you who may be new to City Church, uh, what we do is we, we go through a book. We pick a book and we go through the book. One, one to end in. Um, we're in First Corinthians. Um, New Testament, Old Testament. New Testament, Old Testament. That's our rhythm. So we're coming up. Uh, we're obviously now in the 13th chapter uh, of Paul's letter, uh, his first letter to the church at Corinth. Um, by the end of November-ish, we'll be done with First Corinthians, and then we'll jump into the book of Daniel. Uh, so I share this with you so you have a, uh, uh, you know, particularly if, if it's your first time, that you understand that this is in rhythm. Where we're, where we're picking up is where we left off before. So this is, this is a, 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 a systematic study, an unpacking of the word. Uh, you'll recall that in the, uh, for those of you who are taking copious notes, uh, in the 12th chapter of his letter, Paul focused on various ways God had put into place for the church to function in ways as he desired. Not as we wanted, but in ways that he desired. And in the seventh verse of the 12th chapter, uh, he plainly writes, uh, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. The manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. I encourage you to listen to our our podcast. Thank God for the, 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 the podcast team, Jeremy and, and, and uh, Cyrus and Joe, uh, that take care of all of the podcasting for us. Um, what had happened was the church had placed a sinful premium on the who and the what of the manifestations. That is, who had certain gifts and implied who didn't have certain gifts. And uh, which gifts were more important than other gifts. 
uh, Paul wasn't having any of it. And uh, we'll even get into that in the 14th chapter uh, uh, next time uh, where Paul really launches into that very thing. Um, but he reminded the church of at least, at least three things, obviously a lot more, um, that one, we're all interconnected and interdependent. As the body of Christ, we're all interconnected and interdependent. Uh, two, the manifestations of the Spirit were given in such a way that the body of Christ is exalted. The whole point and purpose of having manifestations, the whole point and purpose of having gifts is not so that I could shine, so all eyes on me, so, I, so, so the spotlight is it's like, no, I'm, I'm, if anything, I want to be the best mirror I can and I want to reflect it back so people don't see me, they see Christ in me. And third, you got to understand that God is the author and distributor of the gifts. So he concludes this fancy word, pericope, uh, of this, this, this textual piece with a, with a transitional statement uh, at verse 31 where we read, uh, now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. What's the most excellent way? Well, I'm glad you asked. That was a very good question that you, that you were thinking about. Uh, let's put it this way. It wasn't on what the church was focusing on. The most excellent way wasn't what the church was focusing on. It's love. Paul presents an incredible, I mean, if you just, just really look at the 13th chapter, we, an incredible detail. Uh, the more excellent way the church was, had become seemingly blind to. It's kind of like when you go into someone's house and you can kind of like, yeah, something's a little odd. You got a cat. Uh, uh, it's like, but, but, but. But they've become blind to it, to the smell. It's like, they don't know they have a cat. But you walk in and it's like, I can smell a cat. Uh, I'm not saying anything about cats. I like cats. I don't have any cats at my home, but I like cats. Um, love. We say it, but dare I say, many don't know it. And if we're not careful, love can become something that's aspirational and not practical. It's something that we aspire to, but we never actually get to. Something that sounds good, but it's never fulfilled. Uh, you've heard me say before, that's why we, uh, I, I kid, but don't kid, uh, you know, the bumper sticker, uh, uh, you know, be patient with me, God's not finished with me yet. At some point, that bumper sticker ought to come down. Because we hide behind that. It's like, well, you know, I'm a work in progress. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, but at some point, there has to be a fulfillment of the Spirit of God that's in you that gets lived out. Uh, it's like we go to the gym. You've heard me before. I'll share it again. Uh, we say we want to go to the gym, but we don't even have a gym membership. Uh, you know, I'm going to go work out. You got a membership? No. You got a membership. You been to the gym? No. Uh, you actually work up enough energy to go to the gym. And then you walk around and you kind of sit on machine to machine. And it's like, you're going to use any of the machines? No. And after a while, we get to the point where we've, we've, we've dealt with it in our mind and kind of gone through the motions physically that we actually think that we've gone to the gym and we've worked out and we've, 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 we've accomplished something. It's like, you haven't done anything. You know, st still look like the Pillsbury Doughboy. It's like, it's like, no. Uh, 
We can feel like it, but in fact, have done nothing at all. I, I shared with you um, the picture, it was during one of our baptisms, uh, which spurred me to, uh, to drop 40, uh, was to have the, uh, I believe, and I'm baptized shirt with the, with the swim trunks, and I looked at that man, that was me, and I said, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he looks. Okay, so I have one or two options right there. I can sit there and say, I don't like the way he looks, and then reach for a glazed donut, or I could do something about it. Well, I chose to do something about it. Um, you might ask someone, since we're talking about love, you know, if you become nose blind, spirit blind, ask somebody that you know really well, am I a loving person? Ask them. I don't think many of us would <laughs> be quick to it's like, I'm not sure what answer I might get. Am I a loving person? Uh, well, you know, a clock is broken. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. So yeah, sometimes you, you act loving, but honestly, you're, you're not really loving. What's wrong with this picture? Who, really, what's wrong with this picture? Um, this is not, Paul is not presenting a theological exercise on how many angels could dance on the head of a pen. Nobody cares. I don't care, you don't care. And we can go through exegetical hoops and jump through stuff to present stuff. And then when we walk away, it's like, well, how, how am I transformed? Am I a more loving person? Am I different? Uh, practical perspective on what love is about. Um, along these lines, we need to be real careful, real careful. I, I've, 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 I've cautioned us before and I caution you now. We can, we can, we can again, along those exegetical and we can use some words that, we can use words that the application doesn't apply. One of the words that Paul uses for love here is agape. The transliteration is agape. Let me, let me help us out. Don't hide behind the noun or the verb and say, well, that's love. Because in the um, uh, 46th verse of Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus says that even the tax collectors, the heathen, have agape for one another. So we need to be very careful. It's like, oh, well, well you know, I, I got, it's like, so, so does a broken clock twice a day. That doesn't make us genuine lovers and followers of Jesus Christ. I want to be very, very, very clear on that. Uh, his point, Paul's point, is that love, what it is and what it is not, uh, for it to mean anything all, to mean anything at all, has to move beyond a dictionary definition of what love is. Little kid could sniff out, <laughs> they could sniff out, the, sniff out the real. That's why I'm so glad, I am so glad that little Eve Alicorn is, is my, my BFF now. Uh, she's gotta be three, 
or less. Uh, and when she first started worshiping here with us, with mom and dad, uh, she was like, I don't know this man. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to me measure him. Now it's point arms hugs. Little kids get it. Adults, we kind of, we fake the funk and then we, we go along with the funk. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, I don't love you. You don't know I don't love you, but how you doing in Jesus' name? We go through the motions. Kids ain't having any of that. It's like, oh, please stop, uh-uh, no. I don't know you, but I, maybe I wanna get to know you and open up. Something that is seen, felt, and lived. That's love. So what's love got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Uh, I gave you my all, you was my dog. I would have went to war with the world on your call. Thought you had my back, you let me fall. Now I got a ball without you. Now I got a ball. Now I got a ball without you. See, these are the world's laments. These are the world, who, who are they? Well, you can look them up like I did, Tina Turner and uh, 21 Savage. Uh, that tell E.W., uh, he missed that one. Uh, uh, <laughs> something's amiss. Some things remain undone. So what's the result? You get Drake singing about, our love is Wi-Fi. What does that mean? No strings attached. That's love. No, it's not. That's hookup. <laughs> Wait a minute, it's like we need to define terms. <laughs> That's not love. That's a hookup. Our love is Wi-Fi, no strings attached. Paul, on the other hand, see, it, and just, as, I, as I just put a comma there, that's what your kids are listening to. And that's what you might be listening to and tapping your feet to. The beat is good, what are they saying? Your love is Wi-Fi. Uh, Paul, on the other hand, isn't having any of that, and he addresses the church. He's addressing the church. Keep this in mind. He is addressing the church. He's writing to the church. He's not writing to the world. He's writing to the church at Corinth, and he's talking about the lack of lived-out love by saying, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love. He's talking to the church. He's not talking to the, the neighbor that, that doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. He's not talking, he's talking to the church. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am Nothing. How much? I mean, I mean, really, I mean, it's just me and you talking right now. Right. OK. It's like it's like now if someone came in here, it's like, man, I can move mountains. Watch this mountain move. Boy, that is bad. That is bad. You know, he's as mean as a rattlesnake. That's all right. Did you see what he just did? Did you just see what he did? He moved a mountain. Huh. Tell me I'm wrong. 
Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, no, 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 no. We do it every day, multiple times on Sunday. I know. I know. Uh, if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. I give all, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Okay, okay, I hear you, I hear you. But what is it? What, what is this thing called love that we all want and so few of us receive? What is it? I hear you, pastor, okay, okay, you've made your point. He goes on, starting in the fourth verse, to lay out in beautiful poetic detail what love is. We, we, we read and we, like, we sing it, we, read, we, we, we hear it read at, at weddings, and we say, oh, that's so beautiful. And you have no idea the context and what it's being uh, delivered. He said, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Paul gives us seven things that Christian love chooses to do and eight things that it refuses to do in a pattern that's two positives, eight negatives, five positives. See, patience and kindness are opposites, or, or mercy, if you don't like kindness, mercy are the opposite side of the same coin. And these are attributes that if you go to the Old Testament, if you bother to study just a little bit, if you go to the Old Testament, you'll see time and time again, God is afforded, you are, you are a God of, of, of patience and mercy. Those, that's, that's the coin, that's the coin that, uh, that, that, that if, you, if you wanted to see uh, God's image, whatever that might look like, that would be the image. Uh, uh, in fact, it was Jonah who said in anger, I knew you were a gracious and compassionate God. I knew it. That's just the kind of God you are. You're compassionate and you're, you're, you're gracious and you're compassionate. You're slow to anger and you abound in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. What, do you, what am I saying? What I'm saying is God doesn't just act in these ways. They are expressions of who he is. Like God is love. God just doesn't behave in a loving way. See, that's what we can, we can turn it on like a faucet. Turn it on, turn it off. We can, we can, throw, out, we can throw out some love looking like acts. God is love. He can't help but be who he is because he's God. He says, I don't change. And scripture lets us know that God is love. What you don't see in this translation, see, that's why it's important to move beyond just a wooden reading of scripture and really dig deep. What you don't see in the translation is what appears to be it looks like just static nouns. Love's is pa love is patient, patient, okay? Love is kind, kind. Actually, uh, in what you see, uh, instead of nouns, these are verbs, and they are in the present and the active tense. So that the verse reads more like, love acts patiently. Love acts kindly. It does not act enviously, and so on. So the emphasis isn't on, on so much that it's a, it's a static quality. Okay, I've reached the level of love, that's it, okay. 
And that's what we do. You've got your allowance of love for today. That's all you get. I've given you so much love. You've had one quart of love. I usually give out a pint. This is your lucky day. I gave you a quart. That's all you get. That's not what Paul is talking about. Because we all, you haven't, I have. It's like, okay, Lord, this person's on my last nerve. I'm done. Amen. I'm done. I got no more love for them. Oh, see, you're, you're passing out nouns. You're just passing out nouns. It's like, no, this is a verb. No, no. Who I am with the indwelling of God and the Holy Spirit lived out in my life. I can't help but act loving. I, I can't. I, Sister Meek says she, she's kind, uh, but she doesn't know the real me. Uh, and, I, and I tell her, you know, don't blame me because you didn't read the fine print. That's, that's, that's on you. You signed the contract. Uh, so, but she'll say from time to time, you're so patient. You're so kind. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. The me, the Mark David Meeks, is not patient. He's not kind. He's not loving. He's not long-suffering. He's none of those things. So me, for, for, for you to sit there, and I'm, I'm sure you did it when you got married, sit there and say, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I'm going to be this. It's like, if you keep trying to do that, good luck. It might work for a pint, a quart, but when it comes to the, I need you to give a gallon's worth of love today. It's like, nah, nah, dog, it ain't happening today. Not today. Not today. That's when we roll up our sleeves and we say, okay, God, uh, I got this. Let me deal with this person. Let me, let me help them see themselves and blow their hair back. No, no, that's, 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 that's not what God would do. Um, so the emphasis is not so much that love is the static quality of patience and kindness, uh, but that Christian love is an ongoing expression of patience and kindness. Or to turn a phrase from uh, Forrest Gump, love is as love does. Love is as love does. This, this way of living is the more excellent way uh, that Paul was writing about. As Christ said, I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. So you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know you are my disciples. When you love each other, love God, love others. Love God, love others. What marks us, what makes us, what identifies us as followers of Jesus Christ is love lived out continually without restriction. So having this as the core of who we are, others are drawn to that thing that compels us to behave in ways that would otherwise seem crazy. Why is that person not responding? Boy, if that person did that to me, this is what I would do. And that's probably what I would want to do too. Exactly what you're talking about, that's what I would want to do. But I don't do that. Not because the Mark doesn't want to do that, but the Holy Spirit of God is saying, no, as I shared before, that, that, that one time that I still don't recall what it was, Holy Spirit spoke to me like I'm talking to you. You better shut up. You better shut up. Just like, I didn't say, you should be quiet right now. <laughs> Holy, Spirit, he, Holy Spirit knew how to get my attention. And he spoke to me just like I'm talking to you. You better shut up. But God, you don't understand. You better shut up. 
no, no, this is, no, she's going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and, it's, and boy, it's, it's, it's going to be on. I'm just, you don't know who you're messing with. You better shut up. Okay. 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 I'm going to shut up. To this day, I don't know what the issue was. But that's how evil the evil one is. On a humbug. On a nothing. World War III. Uh, how important is this continual, dare I say, crazy love? Paul goes into it in the eighth verse. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. See, look how Paul elevates love above, you look at the text, how above any and every other gift or manifestation of God's spirit. See, part of the reason is that there's a shelf life associated with all these other manifestations. What do you mean? You know, you've seen those used by dates. Uh, Sister Meek, she was kind enough, uh, she bought me uh, uh, some cream. I like a little creamer in my coffee, no sugar, just in case you're asking, and you go to Starbucks, three creams and a coffee about that size. That'd be nice. Um, didn't use the cup, it was still sealed. And I finally got around, it was a few weeks after she purchased it, I finally got around to opening it up and using it. And I said, mama taught me, you should always sniff. Uh, the, 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 open up the cream, ooh, that don't smell good. It passed the use-by date. Well, the use-by date here for all of these other gifts are, they have an expiration date. There's an expiration date associated with it. Look at the text. When we come face to face with our Redeemer, the one we're saying we follow after, prophecies, tongues, knowledge, they will have served their utility. What do you, you're gonna stand before the Lord and speak in tongues. Shut up. He's like, what are you doing? Just shut up. Just shut up. What are, you, what are you doing? Oh, I got a prophecy for you, God. I made a mistake. Uh, uh, prophecies, tongues, knowledge, they will have served their utility. There will no longer be any need for these manifestations. But when we come face to face with our Savior, we will know with complete knowledge just the depth, the breadth, the height, the width of how much we were loved. Love never fails. It is always there. It was there in the beginning when he spoke things ex nihilo into existence. And it'll be there when the new Jerusalem comes down. It's like, it's all, it, what's the Bible about? Love. What, what, what's the Bible about? Love. For God so loved the world. It just, it just, we can get into all of the, these, these exercises, about, but, but, but why this? Why original sin? Why but, but the, Ultimately, everything points to Christ and the cross and the expression, the infinite expression of love that God, uh, Emmanuel, is with us. That a God who has no reason, I would see no purpose of creating me other than I want you to know what an awesome guy I am. And I don't mean any disrespect by that. And it was just an awesome person, God, an awesome God that I am. I want you to know, how can, I best, how can I best display that? By doing what I just did. Through millennia, 
through, through, through time, time and memorial. Uh, this is how I can express myself to let you know how much I love you. So he begins, so Paul begins to conclude this section uh, at verse 11 with this. When I was a child, Paul speaking, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Let's not make the mistake, again, I want us to be very clear on the text. Let's not make the mistake of thinking that our reasoning, our understanding of the centrality of love as something that's a gradual process of maturity. It's not. It's not, well, you know, well, you know, I'm not quite a child, uh, but I'm, uh, I'm not a man either, so I'm an adolescent. No, this is binary. This is, this is very yes or no. Uh, what Paul is saying is that like any child, my understanding of who I understood and saw myself as was through the eyes of a child. That makes perfect sense. But all of that's changed. Why? How? As a lot of folks would say, because I'm grown. I'm grown. We want to be grown so bad. I'm grown. Okay, you grown? You grown spiritually? You, you, you grown? I have the same spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that lives inside of me. So let me, I'm not even asking you uh, about you, I'm asking about me. So what in my life can't be done? What can't be accomplished? If that's true, and it is, that the spirit of the living God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. Oh, you're saying I can't display love without restriction? Is that what you're saying? Oh, so you see what you're saying is Mark is, is taking up noun residence and not the Spirit of God is taking up verb resonance. Uh, the result is that I no longer think, act, or reason like as before as a child, but instead I've put away, not putting away, I've put away childhood things. I'm closing. You've heard me share before. Pacifier in, a, in an infant, it's kind of cute, kind of. Uh, in a two-year-old, maybe not so much. 20? 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 70 year olds with pacifiers, that's beyond sad. That, 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 that's not, that's, it's, not, it's not cute, it's not, oh, look at that, it's like, what is wrong with that person that they have a pacifier hanging out of their lips? Uh, the word used for the phrase, put behind me, abolish, wipe out, make ineffective, it's in the perfect tense. It's in the perfect tense. It's completed work. I think you missed it. It's a completed present act. I've put behind these things, they're done. So one of two things. Uh, I hear you. I, I do hear you. I'm having a tough time showing love to that person. Uh, 
noun or verb, noun or verb, noun or verb. If you don't get anything else from today's, uh, you'll know the difference between nouns and verbs. Uh, I can show, I can give love once, twice, maybe three times, uh, but it's all together to have the love of God as a lived out attribute of who I am. I won't measure that. If, I, if, if I'm a loving person, if the spirit of God is living out in me in a loving way, I'm not taking, I'm not, you know, should I, should I, should I forgive seven times 70? Okay, 351, 352, 353. It's not what it means. That's, that's not what it means. Ask somebody that knows you, that really knows you. Am I, uh, is my love noun or verb? Is my, is my love a noun or a verb? Uh, 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 I'm done, 13th verse. And now these, these three, now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Song was sung. As I journey through the lands, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary to the crimson flow, Many arrows pierce my soul from without within, but my Lord leads me on. Through him I must win. So in the 13th verse, Paul shows the surpassing greatness of love. See, faith, don't get me wrong, faith is foundational to our faith, as, our, as is hope. But with an obvious eschatological view, Paul is pointing us uh, to, 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 to see that when faith and hope has run its course, uh, that love will stand alone. Uh, that's why the song goes on to say, oh, I want to see him. I want to look upon his face. Why? That I'll be there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past home at last, ever to rejoice. Love, 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 love. It was the late poet laureate and uh, Maya Angelou that wrote, love encourages no barriers. It jumps hurdles, it leaps fences, it penetrates walls to arrive at, at its destination full of hope. So here's my challenge for everyone today. Let's not let the 13th chapter of Paul's letter be just a, a beautiful, simple piece of poetry read and sung at weddings. But with this renewed understanding, it becomes something that we now better understand. This is a call for me to live out the Holy Spirit's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in my life in ways that I would otherwise be totally incapable of. Amen?